2: Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
3: The Hartford understands protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large size companies like yours to help manage risk. From liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at TheHartford.com. You're listening to Bloomberg Law with June Grosso from Bloomberg Radio.
4: President Trump seems to have a love-hate relationship with Twitter. He loves tweeting directly to his more than 85 million followers, but he hates when Twitter fact-checks his tweets.
1: If we had a fair press in this country, I would do that in a heartbeat. There's nothing I'd rather do than get rid of my whole Twitter account
4: And Trump is now taking one of his Twitter fights up to the Supreme Court. In 2017, Trump was sued for blocking seven followers of his At Real Donald Trump personal account who were critical of his administration. The Second Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that was a violation of the First Amendment's ban on viewpoint discrimination. The Justice Department is now asking the Supreme Court to overturn the Second Circuit's ruling prohibiting Trump from blocking Twitter users. My guest is First Amendment expert Eugene Volokh, a professor at UCLA Law School. Eugene, explain the grounds for the Second Circuit's decision.
5: Sure. So, government officials, especially executive officials, wear two hats. There's President Trump, the citizen, including President Trump, the presidential candidate. And when he speaks in that context, he speaks as a citizen. And when he runs discussion groups, in a sense, wearing that hat, he's doing it as a private citizen, and he, in fact, has the First Amendment right to choose what to allow and what not to allow in his discussion. But the Second Circuit said an executive official, when he is speaking as an official, is subject to the First Amendment constraints. And in particular, can't, once he sets up a limited public forum, like a Twitter discussion thread, can't engage in viewpoint-based restrictions on what people say in that forum. So presumably, if President Trump has specifically a campaign account, for which all the staff are hired by the campaign, they're not government employees, and he tweets out his own messages, then he would be free to restrict what comments are posted there and to ban particular Twitter users from that account if he doesn't like what they're saying. But the Second Circuit said, in this case, even though this account, the real Donald Trump account, predated his presidency and in fact was used during the campaign, the court said, now it's actually a forum for government he's acting as a government official in restricting who can comment on it, and that means any restrictions have to be viewpoint neutral. That's what the Second Circuit held.
4: The Justice Department is asking the Supreme Court to review the Second Circuit's decision, and one of their arguments is that the Twitter account is President Trump's personal property, comparing it to elected officials who refuse to allow their opponents yard signs on their front lawn. Is that a good comparison?
5: Well, so I think that's the argument against the Second Circuit decision. The argument in favor of the Second Circuit decision is that once uh, government officials allow some speech on government property, like, for example, allow people to uh, maybe have a protest on the City Hall lawn, then they have to be viewpoint neutral in administering that. And the Second Circuit says this is more like the City Hall lawn than like President Trump's own lawn, because an account that he's using to announce government policy. This is an account which is being maintained in part by a government employee, and that as a result, this becomes more like a government-run limited public forum than like pure private property. And I should say, I think it's a close call. And I can see this the U.S. Supreme Court agreeing to hear the case and reversing the Second Circuit because it's a close call.
4: What makes it a close call because the second circuit pointed out that Trump uses his personal account to announce policy changes like the ban on military service for transgender soldiers and other official things like the nomination of Christopher Ray as FBI director.
5: Well, so let's just look at that in particular. So you could say, well, once you make official announcements on some property, then that becomes a proper place for government speech. But I'm not sure that's right. So for example, an incumbent who's running for reelection might make an announcement at at a re-election rally, might say, my friends, uh, I just want you to be the first to know this new thing that we're doing that he hopes is going to energize his face. You know, maybe that's not so good for a government official to do, but that certainly doesn't turn the rally into a place for government speech. It's still him as a citizen, as a candidate, speaking out, albeit about something that he is doing as an official. Likewise, just to take the example of own Private Home, Certainly imagine a government official who's on vacation, he's at his vacation home, there is some urgent thing happening, he calls a press conference at his vacation home and announces what he's going to do. Again, that doesn't turn his property, his vacation home, into public property where he has to also allow protest.
4: Was the Second Circuit's decision then an outlier and not in line with prior decisions?
5: Well, no, because there's really not been much litigation on this particular question, which is how do you treat social media accounts that are run by government officials? There were a few lower court cases with which I think the Second Circuit decision mostly agreed. I think the Second Circuit decision is the first real Federal Circuit precedent on this particular subject. And if you look at the broader picture of limited public forum law, that's something that I think the Second Circuit's decision is not inconsistent with it. Again, it's just kind of a close call. This is a new area, and I think the Second Circuit made a plausible argument for its decision. But you can imagine the Supreme Court agreeing to hear the case and reaching the opposite result.
1: .com.
3: Stiefel, Nicholas and Company Incorporated member SIPC and NYSE.
1: So now
4: I I would like to explain this this defense from Trump. The the uh, Justice Department said the Second Circuit's decision ignores the critical distinction between the president's sometimes official statements on Twitter and his always personal decision to block respondents from his own account. Do you understand what they're getting out there?
5: Yes, I do. I mean, I think it's a plausible argument. I'm not sure it's going to win, but uh, I think their view is, look, even if there is some political, excuse me, shouldn't say political, even if there's some government speech component to what President Trump is doing in the Twitter feed, for example, if he announces a new government policy, well then that tweet is itself uh, government speech, but it doesn't make the rest of the Twitter account government speech, and in particular, it doesn't make Um, uh, President Trump's uh, decisions about whom to block into governmental decisions. That's still Trump the person, Trump the candidate doing that, and not Trump the president. Uh, Even if it is Trump the president announcing uh, that he's nominating some judge. One way of thinking about it is when when, uh, President Trump is nominating a judge, he's exercising presidential power. He can only nominate judges because he's president. And you might say, therefore, an announcement of that is also presidential, but the decision to block or not block certain users—you know—that's the power that every Twitter uh, feed owner, uh, uh, every Twitter account uh, owner has. So that's not something where he's acting as a government official. That's the Justice Department's position. Another way of thinking about it is, you might think of uh, people's decisions to block certain commenters on a Twitter kind of like when a conference organizer invites or doesn't invite particular speakers. Or maybe says, you know, I'm not going to call on this questioner from the audience because I know his questions are kind of foolish and disruptive. Generally speaking, conference organizers are entitled to do that, even when it's a conference at, say, UCLA. um, uh, Because it's seen as the speech of the conference organizer as a professor and not as a conference organizer, as a, as a government official. Um, so uh, so, likewise, I think they're saying, look, he's trying to maintain this conversation among uh, um, subscribers to his feed, and he wants to steer this conversation away from certain kinds of comments and towards certain other kinds of comments, and he's entitled to do that, just like anybody else is entitled to do. That. You and I could do that on our Twitter. Uh, so that's the Justice Department's position, and their view is. That the fact that he occasionally posts things that actually announce government policy doesn't make the rest of his decisions with regard to the seat into government.
4: So then, do you think that this is a case the Supreme Court should take up?
5: Well, it's hard to tell. I don't believe there is a split among the circuits or among state supreme courts on the subject. So it's not like there is a conflict within the courts applying. First Amendment law that requires some clear resolution. That's a common reason for the court to grant review in a case is because there's a conflict among lower courts. I don't believe there is such a conflict. Now, sometimes the court grants review because it thinks that this is a case of national importance. But I don't think this is so. In fact, this is a classic example of a case in which there's very little at stake. <laughs> it's very little at stake for the president because you know if he can't block certain users. You know, Stop him from having this Twitter account and communicating to the public this way. There's very little at stake for the Twitter users because there's so many other places that they can speak out about the president, including their own Twitter feeds and others' Twitter feeds and the like. So, as a result, I don't think this is something that the court is likely to view as so important to demand the court's attention. Now, there's one other basis in which the court sometimes grants review, and that's when there's a disagreement among the branches of government. So, for example, if a federal statute is struck down by a lower federal court. The U.S. Supreme Court usually agrees to hear the case if the Justice Department asks for it. But on the theory, there's kind of like a split among the branches, even if not among the surface. So it could say, well, look, the president says one thing, lower federal courts say another thing, we need to resolve this." But again, here isn't something where it's really implicating the president's power simplifying the the Justice Department. Sorry. But that that's one aspect of it. So I can see the court just saying, look, you know, this isn't something that merits our time. If there's more litigation and other courts reach opposite results, then there'll be plenty of time for us to resolve that But at the same time you could also imagine the court saying, you know, this is an interesting case. It's a case that has certainly drawn national attention. It is a case that implicates in some measure a, a coordinate branch of government, here the presidency. So they could grant it. It's just not a very I don't
4: think it's very likely that they'll get, but they might. Thanks, Eugene. That's Eugene Volk of UCLA Law School. I'm June Grosso and this is Bloomberg.
3: The Hartford understands protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid to large size companies like yours to help manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. Let The Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com.